I'm Ethan Warren. And this is the very special emergency hunting caper. Listen, folks, I blew it. I'm enough of a grown-up to admit that I blew it. Actually, I tried to blame Blake, but he wouldn't let me, so I guess I have to be a grown-up about it. Do you know Patrick Willems? He's a video essayist. He's sort of brilliant and so funny and nice and cool, and he's been a big influence on how I talk about pop culture. So I obviously wanted to talk about the Muppets with him, and Patrick only wanted to talk about one thing, the great Muppet caper. He loves it. He had a lot to say. We had a great chat. And then guess what? I did not dump that chat into the folder I sent Blake. So you did not hear Patrick talk about the great Muppet caper. I told you, I really blew it here. But as my way of making it up to you and Patrick and whatever higher power blesses podcasts, we are now going to present Patrick's chunk on the great Muppet caper as its own mini-sode. Please enjoy. I think if we're being objective about things, and it's silly to be objective about, like, movies and art and stuff like that, but the Muppet movie is probably the best Muppet movie. Uh, just in terms of the balance of everything, uh, the, you know, the, the, the quality of the music, all of that stuff, it's probably the best one. I think The Great Muppet Caper is my favorite, and I also think it has been my favorite since I was, like, six years old. Uh, and so many of these, like, revisiting this movie, I haven't seen it in quite a while. Uh, and revisiting it for this, I was reminded of how kind of foundational it was for me in terms of and uh, in, in terms of establishing, like, my taste in certain ways. Um, a thing that I was trying to figure out, because I... This is not, like, an especially unique thing, but I, like... I really have a thing for heist movies and just sort of the like heist format and structure and and all of that like my my senior thesis film in college I made a heist movie and as research watched like basically every heist movie ever made and uh and I'd always trace this back to my parents showing me uh, the original Blake Edwards Pink Panther movie when I was around, like, maybe eight years old. But revisiting The Great Muppet Caper, while it's not quite the same kind of traditional heist structure because the protagonists are trying to prevent a heist, not uh, pull off a heist, um, I definitely saw this first. And so many things just... Uh, uh, Especially the sort of like, you know, traveling internationally, people dressed in like, like black turtlenecks running around on rooftops, grappling hooks and stuff like that. I think this was kind of the, my first exposure to that kind of thing. And it really like imprinted itself on my brain. And, but beyond just that, because all that heist stuff doesn't really involve Muppets. That's Charles Grodin and like, a team of supermodels running around stealing jewelry. But this is, I think The Great Muppet Caper is, for me, the ideal balance of, I think, what a Muppet movie should be. Like, The Muppet Movie, that, it, I mean, it's an origin story. It is showing you how, how the Muppets came to be, how they all got together, how they met each other, and how they went to Hollywood. And then 
you know, everything happened from there. And so leaving off of like where, uh, so, so picking up from where the Muppet movie leaves off or also picking up from where the Muppet show leaves off, these characters are basically a bunch of performers. They are all actors. They put on a weekly television show. And I think The Great Muppet Caper is uh, is the best version of if we're what, what we're looking at as like the the in-universe story of the Muppets. Like, oh right, they transition from TV to movies. And if these are if if we look at like Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy and Fozzie Bear as actors, I think The Great Muppet Caper is the ideal version of the movie that they would make in terms of the the right balance of the fourth wall breaking uh anarchic muppet self-awareness but then also inserting them into what feels like a very kind of classic older hollywood kind of big movie uh in terms of, like this so much of this movie could easily be like so much of this movie even t- taking the Muppets away could have been made in, I feel like, especially the late 50s or early 60s. Especially you look at the musical numbers and you've got things like Miss Piggy's kind of water ballet, uh, you know, dance sequence, which is like, I'm not an expert on that subgenre of movies, but it's, it's the same thing that like, you know, in Hail Caesar that, like, Scarlett Johansson's character is appearing in, like, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, th- th- like, having these protagonists who are, you know, like, uh, up-and-coming journalists trying to make their name by breaking a big story and traveling off to London, uh, you know, to to, to hang, to, like, to hobnob with, uh, with, like, rich people in the fashion world. Um, it... I really think it is the ideal use of the Muppets, and I there's a part of me that wishes that, you know, while I, I really like the Muppets take Manhattan, and then of course after that you've got, you know, let's insert the Muppets into various, you know, c- classic uh, literary adaptations, I would have loved to see more things like The Great Muppet Caper, where it's like, okay, let's pick... Uh, where it's like, let's pick classic genres or types of movies from, you know, from, like, the, the golden age of Hollywood. I'm thinking, 40, honestly, 40s up through, like, through mid-60s. And, uh, and drop the Muppets into that kind of thing. Because these movies are always going to be musicals. And so you can riff on different styles of, of musical uh, from that time. But also, because, you know, there are... These are very like PG-rated characters. They, I think that they drop very well into that somewhat more like innocent time, uh, 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 and and just like the, the style and tone and structure of those types of movies. And it's such a natural fit that I kind of like as much as I love the Muppet movie. I do love that this gets started right away, where it's like you have the the opening title sequence, which is to me the perfect kind of of Muppet fourth wall breaking where it's literally these three guys in a hot air balloon just commenting on the opening credits as they appear and getting kind of impatient uh, because they're still going on and then they just essentially crash land and then are like well it's time to start the movie and then they're just in a movie right away and uh, and and I'm just like I will 
Imagine if like every two years there had just been, well, here's the Muppets in a new movie. And like here, the, (laughs) uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a perfect format. And it's also, I think maybe the funniest Muppet movie, uh, just in terms of like jokes per minute. I, I genuinely believe that the running gag of Kermit and Fozzie being identical twin brothers who are constantly mixed up gets funnier every single time it happens. It, I think it's one of the funniest running jokes in any movie ever made. It it never stops being funny, and it's it's such it's such a silly joke. Um, so yeah, uh, basically, um, perfect movie. Big fan. Uh, I think it's really good, and also. Kermit riding a bicycle in the Muppet movie is a spectacular special effect, and I'm aware of how it's done. You know, there's like you, I will say on on Blu-ray you can you can see, uh, the strings suspending Kermit's bicycle in the Muppet movie still looks incredible, but uh, but you know HD does you know reveal uh, the details, but the way they level that up in the Great Muppet Caper with so much bicycle riding uh, and so much more complicated bicycle riding where Kermit is standing on the seat and doing tricks and he and Miss Piggy are like, you know, they're they're riding their bike in, in circles and all of that. Uh, the, the strings are basically imperceptible and it is, despite being aware of how it's done, I still think it is one of the more staggering special effects ever put in a movie like gen- like this movie is 42 years old and still watching that I'm staring awestruck at, at the TV just wondering how is this possible these are wide shots with their full bodies visible there are several people riding bicycles not even in straight lines all together in the same shot it's like any knowledge of, of how it is done, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's still, like, it doesn't seem possible. You don't think that silly comedies about puppets are going to contain some of the most jaw-dropping special effects and just truly impossible visuals you've ever seen, but uh, here they are. And so what I'm getting at is this movie has everything. I do think that uh, that Peter Fox scene is one of maybe the great one-scene performances, let's say, of the 1980s, to get a little, you know, I don't want to get too broad and say of all time, but of the 80s, just, like, I, look, Peter Falk had a, had a, a long and wonderful career, and, but that monologue that he gives on a park bench sitting next to Kermit is just him absolutely bringing his fastball to this this really really small role and uh it's it's incredible i i sat there giggling like a moron the you know for the entire thing despite having seen it before and and knowing what was coming it's so like this movie is lighter on com uh this movie is lighter on cameos than the muppet movie uh they're not like quite as rapid fire like you know coming every you know every scene but the ones they have i think really really counts like the extended john cleese sequence 
is it just just gets funnier as it goes on, and uh, it's. Uh, See, now this is turning into just me thinking of things in the movie and going, ah, yeah, that's funny. That's good. Ah, then there's this part. Yeah, that's good, too. I mean, the way that Grodin is basically introduced, like, at that fancy restaurant, and he and Diana Rigg enter, and there's, like, you know, a band playing jazz, and Grodin is just kind of half-dancing the entire scene, He's, he's just, like, wiggling his upper body, and, uh, <laughs> and he just, uh, he kind like, I, I, the character's not actually, like, stupid, but right away, like, I, 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 he, the second he walks into frame there, you will, you get that character so completely, because, you know, he's just, he's, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of a, like, What's the right word? Not not doofus, not jerk, but uh, but yeah, I just think it's a beautiful introduction. I think that character is great. Grodin crushes it completely. The the gag where during uh, Miss Piggy's like water based musical number, when Grodin just appears in an oval in the top corner of the frame, like lip syncing, uh, you know, to like this like is it like opera playing? It is. It's, I mean, Grodin is always incredible. We all know that. Uh, you know, the man, you know, was was a legend. But uh, but look, it's one one of the great things about Muppet movies is watching really talented, like high profile actors absolutely fully commit when acting with puppets. Uh, and and Grodin gives one of the more committed performances. Like in all, of, like in all of these movies, I I truly believe that he is horny for Miss Piggy, uh, and he goes for it, and it's great, uh, terrific movie, and um, I'm I I, I don't want to drag this out too much by just listing every single thing in the film, but um, you know, like I, <laughs> uh. Like, I don't want to just say, ah, Jack Warden as the editor-in-chief of the paper. He's great. I love seeing Jack Warden. Jack Warden yelling at Muppets, terrific. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's all really great. Thumbs up. Excellent movie. No notes. <laughs> oh, man, wasn't that great? And honestly, Patrick, it's kind of fun you got your own mini-sode to yourself, right? It's kind of better this way. Yeah, I thought so. It's actually good that I messed up. Everyone's happy this way. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next time. On the Great Henson Caper.